Yo, Random Ignorance Podcast. I'm your host, Savage the Great. I hope you guys are doing well on this nice, beautiful date. So check this out, man. Jesse Smollett, he was finally arrested. He was finally charged because he was a lying motherfucker. And if you had half a brain, you would know that he was a lying motherfucker because that whole robbery story, it it didn't make sense from the start. And a lot of people were scared to say anything because they figured you were victim shaming or you didn't believe him because he was black or you didn't believe him because he was gay. But no, he was a lying ass nigga. And the story didn't make sense because it was the coldest night in Chicago. It was cold. It was colder than Antarctica and Chicago on that night. And he went out to Subway at two in the morning to get a fucking sandwich. And when he went to get a sandwich, it was two guys that was just hanging out with with bleach and a fucking rope saying, hey, ain't you that nigger from Empire? Aren't you that faggot from Empire or whatever? And they attacked him. They put the rope around his neck and poured bleach on him. But when the police showed up an hour later, he still had the rope around his fucking neck. It didn't make sense. Like there was no sense to be made in that whole thing. And then a a couple of days later, he was at a concert saying, hey, you know, um, he was reading off a cue card about his attack. What type of shit is that? You're reading off a cue card about your attack. It doesn't make sense. And then he said, hey, yeah, I'm the gay Tupac. I fought them niggas. But no, you didn't. Like, shut up, you lying ass nigga. Then he went on Good Morning America. and, And then he double down on the lie well triple down on the lie because he already doubled down on it during that concert but then he went on there and he cried and we know you lying motherfucker we know you're a liar bro so it came out that the story was he hired two nigerian brothers now one was his trainer but they were both extras on empire or something and he hired them to stage the attack and The days before the attack, they were scouting locations and rehearsing like it was a real life script. They were they were rehearsing the attack and scouting the locations of the attack and trying to make sure they got it on camera. And then after the quote unquote attack, he paid for them to go back to Nigeria. But the brothers didn't stay in Nigeria. They came back. And when they came back, the cops pulled they goof. They picked the cops pick they goofy asses up you know why because the cops know how to do cop work when it has to be done and in a case like this it had to be done but if you look at the other areas in chicago the unsolved shootings the unsolved murders the robberies the assaults whatever 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 it's a bunch of unsolved cases but in a case like this they had to come up with some kind of resolution it had to come up with some kind of ending they had to catch the guys or it had someone had to be arrested no one thought it would be two nigerian brothers but the story was fishy from the beginning because it was said that, oh, he got into a lover's quarrel. He was in the club. He was in a gay club and he was popping this shit and he was getting at somebody's, you know, um, partner. And they found out and they beat him up, that type of shit. But nobody ever thought he had hired two actors to whip his ass. And it was it said that he hired those actors because he wanted more pay on Empire. He wanted a bigger check. And he figured that if he boost his uh, social standing and his you know, um, wherever he was at socially, that it could equal a bigger check. He can demand more from the show. That type of shit, man. You know, that type of selfish shit. But he's fucked up because he decided to weaponize sensitive subjects. He decided to weaponize politics. He decided to weaponize gay. He decided to weaponize race. Those are the three you don't weaponize outside of sexism and religion. Those are the starting five. And he weaponized three out of the starting five, bro. 
Like, come on, man. Come on. So the cops put two and two together because they know how to do their fucking job. And anyone with eyes could see that this story was faulty from the beginning. But a lot of people didn't want to call it out because they figured, oh, you know, if you call it out, you're being you're being um, homophobic. Or if you call it out, you're being racist. Or if you call it out, you're victim shaming. Or if you call it out, you know, so a lot of people just stayed quiet about it. But it was rumblings that, yo, this story is complete bullshit, bro. And it was. So they arrested his dumb ass. And it, people came to find out that it's a good chance because he got letters. He got threatening letters sent to the studio. It was letters cut out of magazines like this is a fucking kidnapping from the 50s or something. But it was letters cut out of magazines and pasted and sent. And it was crushed up pills to make it look like powder. And he sent that through the mail and the studio got it and sent it through to the police and shit like that. So those are big charges, bro. Once you start tampering in the mail and shit, it becomes federal. It was a federal case before because it was listed as a hate crime. All hate crimes are federal. But... When you start fucking with the mail or you start fucking with money or you start fucking, it becomes a federal case. And since he started fucking with the mail, it became federal. So he's pretty much fucked. They have his mug shot out somewhere and he was released. He had a million dollars, uh, $100,000 bond and he, he released on $10,000 cash. So he fucked up. He fucked up big. Because the Nigerian brothers, as soon as they got picked up, they started telling. They started telling everything. They started telling, hey, man, he texted us. He said he needed some help. He said that he was going to do this. He said we should talk more in person. We went. We did a couple of dry runs about where we was going to stage the attack and how it was going to go. Like, they started telling everything. They started telling who threw the paper when a teacher had her back turned in third grade. They started telling who opened their eyes during Heads Up, Seven Up when it was playing in the class. They just started telling everything that they knew about everything they start singing like fucking Takashi 69 in that bitch like they just started telling so he got locked up the Nigerian brothers ain't facing no charges of course especially since they helped out in the investigation and when they decide to pin charges on him and take him to trial if he doesn't plea out or cop out or whatever those brothers are going to take the stand so and Jesse has no way of contacting them the police made sure of that so Jesse can no longer um, or can in no way coerce them to change their story. He can't pay them off. He can't do shit. He has no access to them. So he's pretty much fucked. He's pretty much fucked. And his defense is saying, hey, man, he had an undiagnosed drug problem. So they're going to throw that out there. They're going to play the little mental health drug addict angle. Yeah, they're going to do that. They're going to do that. People ain't buying it, though. People ain't falling for it, right? In other news, R. Kelly. They finally got R. Kelly, bruh. And of course, they got him on what they was going to get him on, which is, you know, child sex charges, especially after that surviving R. Kelly, that six part series. Once the white people find out, it's a wrap. Once the white people find out, it's a wrap. Because black people knew forever, but it was never on social media. You never could put together a timeline of the incidents. It was just rumblings. It's always just rumblings. It was just here and there. You know, R. Kelly married Aaliyah when she was 15. Oh, yeah, that was just through the grapevine. That was just through word of mouth. But once you see the, the marriage license and once you hear from the guy that said, yeah, you know, I forged uh, signatures in order for them to get married, his manager or whatever, that whole series opened a bunch of eyes that were never opened before. It painted a timeline. You heard from the victims. It was just shit that you never seen before, right? So, of course, in the light of that, they, gonna, they was going to try to hang his dumb ass. Because once the white people see it, it's like, yo, 
yo, we got to get him the fuck out of there because black people knew, but it was happening to black people and it was known in the black community. And R. Kelly was like a black pillar in the community. So, of course, nothing was really going to come from it. And he had like a team of people around him that were protecting him. He had managers, he had security, he had agents, he had record people, he had record label people. It was just different people that were insulating him and allowing it to happen, right? Um, it's, it's, it's weird, man, it's weird. But he was arrested because some new tapes came out and he's in those tapes with a 14-year-old girl saying, hey, yeah, that 14-year-old P-word is good. That 14-year-old body, that 14-year-old ass, that 14-year-old... So... You know, someone turned those tapes in, the prosecutors and DA and everyone saw him, the lawyers saw him, and they felt that they had enough evidence to lock his dumb ass up. So he got locked up on the million dollars bail. I'm not sure if he bailed out or not at the time of this podcast, but they got him. They gonna hang his dumb ass. So bye-bye to R. Kelly. He's not beating me. He's not he's not beating these charges. He's not beating this case. He's not gonna be able to talk his way or pay his way out of this one, buddy. They got him. It's a wrap. It's a wrap for the Kells, man. Sad case, but shit, it is what it is. Sick ass nigga. So yeah, man, if you heard a pause in this podcast just now, that's because I stopped to get some goddamn water, man. My voice was getting coarse, disgusting, uh, discussing all this crazy shit. But the last thing we're going to discuss is the Kylie Jenner... Chloe Kardashian, Jordan Woods, Tristan Thompson debacle, right? Now, if you don't know anything about this story, if you don't keep up with Kardashian news, I don't, but somehow they always find themselves in the media. And a lot of people say, hey, what's their talent? They don't have any talent. They can't dance. They can't sing. They can't act. They can't produce. They can't. What, what, what can they do? They can't even model. What can they do? Their talent is retaining attention or garnering attention. That is their talent. That is what they do best. Whenever something is off or something is... They know how to grab headlines. They know how to do that. One thing about them, for the last 10 plus years, that's what they have done. Grab headlines. Grab headlines. Whenever they're out, it's pictures. Whenever they do something, it's articles. Whenever they do something, it's a story because they're tied into all these public publications, whether it's E! News or TMZ or whatever, whatever, whatever. They're all tied in. So they're going to get... A majority of the press, they're going to get a majority of the headlines. And another thing, they always got some crazy shit happening over there. Whether it's Rob Kardashian and, and uh, Black China or it's Tyga and Kylie or it's motherfucking Bruce turning into Caitlyn. They got like, it's be some weird ass stories and it's always a bunch of them. So they know how to retain attention like that. But it came out that Khloe Kardashian, her boyfriend, her baby's father, Tristan Thompson, who's an NBA player was sleeping with Kylie Jenner's best friend, whose name is Jordan Woods. Now, Jordan Woods been around the Kardashian-Jenner family forever. She's been there forever. Like, she's in all the pictures, and she's in a lot of episodes of the shows, but it turns out that she was fucking with Tristan Thompson, who was Khloe Kardashian's baby father, right? Now, a lot of people say, hey, man, you know, that's foul. Damn, what are you doing? What are you doing? But a lot of people forget that when Khloe and Tristan started dating, he was involved. He had a pregnant fiance at that point. And when a lot of people brought it up to Chloe, she shrugged her shoulders like, oh, well, you know, fuck it. So when she was pregnant, he cheated on her once. And it came out. It was all in the pub. It was all in the news and the media. He was fucking with some girl while she was pregnant. So that was pretty much karma. And this is just the icing on the cake with your best friends, uh, which your, which your, it is weird. 
It's a, it's a weird. It's like my cousin's baby, auntie's niece. It's that type of story. Give me a second. Hold on. I'm going to be right back. And excuse me, man. I keep taking breaks. I be having to drink water, but I don't want to be in y'all motherfucking air. Yeah, so so I always take breaks, man. It's just out of courtesy. I could put some goofy-ass uh, transition music and all that, but I figure it's just cool to punch in, punch out, nigga. Punch in, punch out. But back to this topic. So that's weird, but at the same time, uh, Tristan, he was known for cheating. He cheated on his pregnant baby mama with you, bitch. He left his pregnant baby mama for you and then cheated on you while you was pregnant. And you thought that was going to be the end of it? No, it was only going to get worse. So reports came out that, you know, uh, Kylie, she kicked Jordan out. But who knows, man? All of this shit, because Jordan used to live with Kylie. That was her best friend. So they used to live with her. Um, Tristan is out reportedly and the Kardashians on social media. Yeah, he's out of here. Dog. But who knows? Because. That might just be a storyline for the show. You never fucking know with these people, man. You never know. Because it's going to be used in the show. I guarantee you this is going to be an episode on the show. Just like when he cheated the first time was an episode on the show. They know how to turn everything into money, man. They, they working hard, bro. They working hard. I don't know if they plant these topics or if they just see them happen and they know how to capitalize off them. And that's the magic of the Kardashians. You don't know what's real and what's fake. You don't know what it is. And I assure you, most of this shit is orchestrated, but it comes off so organically. It just comes off so flawlessly that the stories just come out. They leak somewhere and somehow and motherfuckers put them out and sources close to the Kardashians say it ain't no sources, motherfuckers, a publicist. A publicist calls these media outlets and tells them what happened because there is no way these media outlets can have the detail by detail by detail and the play by play within a couple hours of the shit happening unless someone came and told them what happened because you don't see this type of shit play out with anyone else. And they say, hey, you know, the media is dangerous. The media follows these people around and uh, no. You know how to get away from the media if you want to. The Kardashians and all these other celebrities, they call the media ahead of time and say, hey, I'm going to be at the store. Hey, I'm going to be at this restaurant. Hey, I'm going to be at the airport. So all these fucking cameras can be in their face and they can act like they don't want to talk to them just to get some shine, just to get some light, just to stay relevant in the news. Just so TMZ can come on and say, hey, we spotted such and such at the airport. He didn't want to talk to us, but we asked him. It's all a game, man. It's all a game. That's what these marketing and publish publishing publicist uh firms and that's what they get paid the big bucks for man these pr firms so they could paint you in a certain light and they could do certain things to get you hot it's fucking weird man it's weird but that's hollywood that's hollywood for you and i told these three stories because they all hold the lesson the first one which was the jesse smollett story was don't lie don't die on the lie because he's trying to die on the lie bruh He's going to die on that hill. When motherfuckers know it's bullshit and you already arrested for bullshit because they already investigated and found out that it was bullshit and you still going to lie? Like, nah, bro. He going to die with the lie, which I applaud because that takes a little bit of courage. It takes a little bit of narcissism to say, hey, I'm telling the truth. Nah, bro. We already did the investigation. We talked to the people that you conspire with and we found out it was bullshit. No, I'm telling the truth. Nah, bro, you know, we already did the, you know, we already seen the videos and we got receipts and we went through your phone and the brother showing us the text you sent them. No, I'm telling the truth. Like, it's it's weird. And then R. Kelly, of course, that's another lesson. That's just a lesson and don't be a sick motherfucker. That's just a lesson and don't be a sicko. 
but he is mentally off because there is no way there is no way there is no way an average sound-minded man thinks like that does shit like that so he's a sicko but regardless put his dumb ass under the jail because that just happens and as far as the parents that were involved in those situations weed them out as well because a lot of people knew who r kelly was and they knew what he did and they still took his took their children to the concerts and still left their children at the studio with them because they had hopes of getting a check they had hopes of their kids blowing up they had hopes of you know r kelly taking their kid under the wing or whatever and they all took that settlement money they all took that keep quiet money they all took that don't take this to court money so lock they dumb asses up too so that's a, that's just a lesson and don't be nasty don't be a sicko last story which is you know the tristan thompson chloe kardashian's baby daddy cheating on her with kylie jenner's best friend jordan woods and that's just a lesson and that's that's just a lesson and you lose them how you get them. If you got them doing some underhanded nasty shit, you're probably going to lose them to some underhanded nasty shit. That's just how it goes, bro. Because character is character. Personality is personality. People are people. A lot of them don't change unless they have a reason to change. And since you took them back the first time, that pretty much gave him a reinforcement that you were there to stay. That you were going to be there through the bullshit. That if a man cheats on you while you're pregnant, you pretty much give him the green light. A man like that, a lot of dudes will take that and say, hey, man, I almost lost my family to this bullshit. But he didn't give a fuck about his first family, bitch. He cheated on his first wife with his first pregnant baby mama with you. Like, so that tells you where his type of character is and what his personality is. But, you know, those three lessons are just, you know, don't lie. Don't be a sick ass fuck. And you lose them how you get them. Three lessons that you can take with you through life. I'm your host, Savage the Great. This is the Random Ignorance Podcast. Peace.